Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. as that sounds, the foolishness of those that were going into the church and saying, look, to really be accepted by God, you've got to follow the law. You've got to be circumcised if you're a male. You've got to follow all these, oh, the food that you eat, you can't eat that food if you're saved. And you see, they were pulling all of that stuff. So suddenly they were pushing those who had, again, come to faith in Christ back under the burden of the law. And man, this is this is like really irritating to, to Paul. I believe that again, you, you can see that just, you foolish Galatians. Paul understood that when Jesus died on the cross, there was no longer a need to abide by the Jewish law. Yet many churches continually fell back into it. Today in the book of Galatians, Pastor David teaches you that you mustn't allow law and religion to become the center of your life. Instead of those things, you are called to know Jesus is your Savior and to allow His love to radiate through you. When this is done, you'll approach others with grace and humility instead of harsh law and judgment. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Galatians chapter 1 as he begins his message, Those Galatians. Tonight we're going to be looking at the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians, the, uh, the country or the region of Galatia is found uh, in the area of Asia Minor, uh, kind of part of the land bridge going from uh, Egypt on around up into Europe. Uh, it is, uh, again, we, we look at that area, uh, very busy, very active within the New Testament time. Uh, the book of Acts, uh, even the events of uh, uh, the area in the time of the book of Revelation. Paul writes here in Galatians, he says, to the churches of Galatia. Uh, so we understand he's not writing just to one church, he's writing to a multiple of churches. And as we look and see on this map, I don't know how easy it is for you to be able to see it, but the um, the red line, uh, one of the red lines, sorry about that, uh, is his first missionary journey, and it's located pretty much uh, in uh, that area right there where you can see the, the circle. His first missionary journey, that's uh, about how far that he went. And that is uh, the, in the in the area of Galatia. Now, when we look at that, we we realize that his book, his writing to the churches in Galatia, uh, is actually one of his shorter writings. 
uh, six chapters long, but short chapters in the midst of it. It is probably also, according to all those that study those kinds of things, uh, one of the earlier books. As a matter of fact, they put its date right after the writing of First Thessalonians, and again, fairly early on in the work of uh, the ministry. A lot of people look at Galatians and the depth of the information, the depth of the doctrine in there. They say it's like a shorter book of Romans. Uh, A lot of some of the same stuff that's in Romans is found in the book of Galatians. As a matter of fact, Galatians was one of Martin Luther's uh, favorite books. Uh, His his commentary on the book of Galatians is a a powerful, powerful work, uh, again, on the doctrine doctrine of grace over works. We see that, again, just the, the blessing of that book. Uh, when we look at it uh, again, it was written uh, around the area of 48 A.D. Take a look with me, if you would. Let's look at uh, uh, in the book of Acts. We're going to kind of uh, rumble around a few places tonight. But in the book of Acts, Acts 13 and 14, is where we find his time coming into that, that whole area. Uh, of uh, Galatia. He says, now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, uh, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up in the Herod, in Herod the Tachyarch, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then they fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, and they sent them away. And being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and then from there they sailed to Cyprus. If you look on the map, you kind of see the direction they went from the area of Antioch down to the island of uh, Cyprus down below. And when they arrived in uh, Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they they found a certain uh, sorcerer. I'm not going to get into all of that. Let's skip on down to verse uh, 13. When Paul and his party set sail from uh, Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John departed from them, returning to Jerusalem. Then they departed from Perga. They came to Antioch in Pisidia. Antioch and Pisidia is at about right middle place of the map, almost out of the circle at about uh, 1030 or so. Antioch of Pisidia. And that's where they came at that point in time. Uh, They went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. Verse 15 says, After the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them saying, Hey, you guys are visitors, men and brethren. If you have any word of exhortation for the people, say that. Can you imagine Paul being in your church and say, Hey, brother, do you you have anything you want to share with us? You bet he's going to share. And uh, and that's exactly what it was. He, he got up. Paul stood up, verse 16. Paul stood up and motioned with his hands. Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And on and on he goes. He goes and gives them a history of Israel while he's there at the synagogue. Uh, verse 26, men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. 
for those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, they have fulfilled them in condemning him, speaking of Christ. And they found, and though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should put him to death. And on down it goes. Uh, Verse 30, but God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. We declare to you glad tidings that promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. And then again, he quotes from uh, the psalmist, And then on down in verse 26, David, after he had served his generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins, and by him everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Now, this is new news to these guys because they felt that their justification was in and through the workings of the law. Now, Paul comes to them. Now, catch this. He's sitting in a synagogue. He's talking to Jews at this point, as well as some Gentile converts to Judaism. And he says, listen, that law of Moses thing, you're not going to be saved from that. You're not going to be saved through that. You're not going to have the forgiveness of your sin through that. He says, again, there, he says, by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what has been spoken of in the prophets comes upon you. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though you were to declare, though one were to declare it to you. Well, from that point on, they, they went out of the synagogue. Some of the Gentiles begged that they'd come back again uh, on the next Sabbath down in verse 44. Almost the whole town came together. They again began uh, preaching, but there was great opposition at that point and all down in verse 46. Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, to the Jews first. But since you rejected it, and you judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we now turn to the Gentiles. And this is at the point where, again, the ministry of Paul is now the minister to the Gentiles. Peter is a minister to the Jews. Paul, the minister to the Gentiles. Now, in verse 48, when the Gentiles heard about this, they were glad. They glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life, they believed. In other words, salvation came to them. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region, but the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent men or women and the chief men of the city. They raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas. And then we find from there down in uh, chapter 14 and on through uh, that portion of that, they move on through that whole area 
of Galatia to other towns and other cities, being able to proclaim the gospel, but at the same time having issues with the Jews along the way. But we do find that churches were planted during that time. Now, Paul and Barnabas, they go back to Jerusalem, and at that point in time, what is known as the Jerusalem Council takes place, and the Jerusalem Council is where Paul and Barnabas are explaining to them, hey, listen, Gentiles are coming to faith in Christ. What do we do with them? And so they have that whole big council of, again, trying to to straighten out and telling them, listen, you don't need to become Jews. You don't need to be observant of all the Jewish rites and rituals. Again, just a few things, primarily, again, just their focus on Christ, giving their heart and life and being devoted to the Lord, a couple of other things. But again, it, it changes the whole dynamic here for that part of the world that the Jews who are coming to Christ were telling any Gentiles that they meet, hey, first of all, you got to become a Jew, and then you can come to Christ. I mean, that's how it worked for us. We were Jews first, and then we came to Christ. And now Paul's message is, no, it, it does not work that way. That's not what God is doing. And so that brought us actually to his second missionary journey, his second missionary journey, going quite a bit further, God using him in in a much more extended way. And again, this is the time frame that there begins more and more of a division between Jews and even the sect of the Jews known as Christianity. Because up until about this time, Christianity was looked at as just another segment of Judaism. You got the Pharisees, you got the Sadducees, you got the Jews. Well, no, now, or I mean, you got the Christians. But now the, 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 the doctrine, the teaching that's being known in Christianity is so different than Judaism. There is this great separation that started. And again, we start seeing this, this problem with the Jews that have been converted to Christianity that are in the church. They still want to hold on to Judaism, but yet they're hearing of, again, that Jesus Christ paid for their sin, that the sacrifice of Christ was sufficient for their sin. But somehow it's just, they're, they're not connecting the dots. They can't get it all together to understand that, no, I don't, the, the law is not going to save me. The commandments are not going to save me. That's why Paul tells them, no, the commandments, the law, that's what drives you to Christ. And so this, this, this tension is going on because still in the church, are those who had been Jews, and they're trying to get these Gentiles, again, to follow after these Jewish rituals. So we see here in the book of Galatia, as well as many of the other writings of Paul, it seems to be a constant battle that he's dealing with. Some of the primary issues are these Judaizers calling these Christian or these Gentile converts to fulfill these Jewish laws as part of their conversion. And as a matter of fact, one of the main laws, actually two, the, 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 the food, the, their diet, but also circumcision was a big one for them. And so we get into the writing of the book of Galatians, and those are the areas that Paul deals with mostly in that. But primarily, the idea and the understanding is, is, look, guys, it is a work of faith, not a work of maintaining uh, the laws or the rituals. 
The book of Galatians a little bit different than some of the other books of Paul. Uh, there's no real thanksgiving uh, at the beginning of it. The greeting is really short at the end of it. There's no uh, real blessings going on. He gets pretty quickly right into the situation. As a matter of fact, some of the major areas or major, I don't know, you could call them responses that we see all through. We'll look at these real quick and then we'll go back and look at the book as a whole. Look with me, if you would, in Galatians chapter 1. Look at verse uh, 6 and what Paul is dealing with right there. He says to them there in verse 6, he says, I marvel, I'm blown away, I'm absolutely amazed that you guys are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to what, church? What does he say there? To a different gospel. Gee, I've heard somebody speaking uh, you know, of late that there is a different gospel, a new gospel. And I read this and I think, man, shouldn't have that have been, you know, uh, you know flags uh, flying and, and lights turning on when somebody says, no, we have a, a different gospel. Paul said, no, man, you don't, don't even go there. We'll look at it a little bit more in a moment. Look, look down at uh, verse 9. And as we've said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed, accursed. That's how heavy, that's how important Paul said the correct doctrine is and the correct gospel is for us to be able to have. Look how he deals with uh, over in chapter three, verses one through four. He comes to him again. He's just absolutely perplexed that they're switching over to this. He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has tricked you, deceived you, who has bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Look, this, this is the only thing I need to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Paul is just really hammering this thing down because he's so frustrated. And, and he's writing to this group of churches that he came and he brought the good news of Christ crucified, our faith in him complete, again, our, our, our surrendering of our lives to him complete as far as the, the, the reality of our salvation, not through the works that we've done. And he goes on, look over in chapter five, down in verse two. And we'll come back and look at some more of this in a moment. Chapter 5, verse 2, he says, Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. What's he saying there? He, not the circumcision, the, the idea of trying to, I'm doing this because of what's going on now, because now in our culture, that's a whole different issue. What he's saying for them then, the only ones that were being circumcised were the Jews that were trying to fulfill the requirements of the law. And so he says, if you're being circumcised in order to fulfill the requirements of the law, then guess what? Christ has become nothing to you. He profits you nothing. For I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised, again, as a fulfillment of the law, 
every man who becomes circumcised, that he is now a debtor to keep the whole law. You have fallen from grace, for we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, circumcision nor uncircumcision literally avails you anything but faith working through love. This is a wow factor for them that, that are hearing this. Particularly if, I, if I'm a Jew and I've been raised generation after generation after generation of Judaism and I know that, man, as part of my fulfillment as a Jew, I was circumcised and now you're coming and telling me, no, that's not it, that's not the deal. So what are you saying, Paul? The keeping of the law is nothing. The keeping of the law does not save. That's what he's trying to drive home to them over and over and over because these Judaizers had come into these churches and are trying to twist it around and turn it around completely with this quote-unquote new gospel. And I can just, I can understand how this comes because even today we get these people, oh, you know, I've got a new word from the Lord and to really grow as a believer, you have to wear on Wednesday nights red checkered shirts or red plaid shirts. So Bob, you're doing really well in in your salvation. I see that, Uh, you know, Jim, you're a little close. You got red, but it's like solid and and stripes. I don't know if that's going to come. Kelly, you're solid. It's not plaid. You got to be plaid in order to be spiritual. I got this new word from the Lord. And, and, And as foolish as that sounds, the foolishness of those that were going into the church and saying, look, to really be accepted by God, you've got to follow the law. You, 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 you've got to be circumcised if you're a male. You've got to follow all these, oh, you're, you're, the food that you eat, you can't eat that food if you're saved. And you see, they were pulling all of that stuff, so suddenly they were pushing those who had, again, come to faith in Christ back under the burden of the law. And man, this is, this is like really irritating to, to Paul. I believe that, again, you, you can see that just, you foolish Galatians, who in the world has tricked you? Who's deceived you? Man, you're going back into what you've been pulled out again from. And look at verse 7 here, still in chapter 5. You ran well. You were doing so good. Man, I was so blessed by you guys. You were doing really great in your walk in the Lord. So who hindered you from obeying the truth? This whole situation is gotten out of hand in, in those churches in Galatia. And again, this, this whole idea of almost a spiritual one-upsmanship because I'm doing this. Oh, you're not doing that. Well, you know, I do this twice a, a day and you're not doing it at all. Well, that makes me more spiritual. That makes me closer to God. And so again, this whole kind of deal. Look still in chapter five, look down in verse uh, 12. This is where you can see the frustration of Paul. He says, I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves or mangle themselves, maim themselves. In other words, take a knife to themselves. They're requiring you to be circumcised. Man, I wish that they would just go and and literally, what he's saying, that they would castrate themselves. That's the frustration that Paul has in this whole issue. And so... 
Uh, we we uh, part more of it down in chapter 6. Look over in uh, verse uh, 13. He says, you got to realize, for not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire that y- to have you circumcised that you may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. As our time with you today winds down, we'd like to share where you can listen to today's message again. You'll find this and other teachings from Pastor David and The Open Word at theopenword.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an edition of the program. Right now, let's turn it back over to Pastor David for a quick message from the heart. Hello, friend. I'm so glad you joined in today to The Open Word. As you know, this broadcast is meant to share with you the hope, grace, and love that can only be found through Jesus Christ. He's the reason I teach every week at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. I want as many people as possible to know and believe the message of the gospel. If you'd like to know more about what Jesus' life and death means to you, I'd encourage you to call us. We have some great people here who would love to pray with you and answer your questions. Our number is 520-836-9676. Again, that's 520-836-9676. Know that I'm praying for you, too. And I value you greatly as a listener and brother or sister in Christ. Thanks, Pastor David. We'd like to invite you to come see us in person as well at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. We have services every Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday. And you'll be able to find more information at theopenword.com. Just click the church link at the bottom of the page. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Join us next time to continue our journey through the Bible right here on The Open Word. Make us more.